If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're listening to Digging Deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to TNT Radio. Yes, this is me, D.D. Denslow, on a Sunday episode of Digging Deeper. Uh, You've just been listening to me talk to uh, Daniel Miller. He is the president of uh, Texit. So Texas, uh, Texas are planning to do a bit of a Brexit like we did here in the UK. And I see there's a lot of well-wishers coming in right now on the live chat. So big shout out to everybody into the, in the live chat, to Mazzy, Jones from Wales, Holly Holly, uh, the Merciless Ming, Heather, and everybody else who is in that. Mali, uh, um, oh, I don't see Buzz this week, uh, to Fox. I've also got messages coming in uh, on the phone to say uh, how good uh, TNT Vision looks like on YouTube. So we've got people watching on YouTube you can also watch us on Rumble or on Odyssey there's even uh, a live stream 24 7 uh, on Twitter so you can go and check that out on the TNT radio Twitter page so coming up in just a few minutes, I'm probably going to go straight to him, to be fair. Uh, I have got, oh, he just told me he was a little bit, I think he was out celebrating last night, but he has got his uh, moustache waxed, uh, and that is uh, Dick Denimpole, who, who is a libertarian, an artist, a skeptic, a brother, a Christian, a third Wednesday and a Thursday Circle founder. I have no idea what that means. He's also an occasional historical French soldier from the 1815, 1917, and 1940s. And he is also part of the freedom movement uh, and has actually, uh, was the uh, PA uh, for some TNT uh, funded comedy events. So Dick will be joining me uh, very, very shortly. Uh, I was talking about immigration with Daniel Miller, who was just on uh, a moment ago. Uh, and we we discussed Brexit, obviously, and we mentioned uh, 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 Boris Johnson. How can you not? we're discussing Brexit and immigration. And then I noticed there's an article out this morning. Uh, Here's how to cut immigration. Uh, Raise the income needed for a visa to £40,000 a year. And ignore the howls of protest from those who got rich on cheap foreign labour. Of course, this is an article written by none other than Boris Johnson, a man who under his watch increased immigration into the UK by about uh, a few thousand percent. Uh, As soon as those immigration figures were published on Thursday, the anti-Brexit brigade succumbed to a collective orgasm of excitement, he wrote. You see, they gasped into any passing microphone. You see the broken promises of the Brexiteers. They told the British people that they could take back control. They told us that they could cut immigration. And look! In 2022, post-Brexit Britain seems to have swallowed the population equivalent of the city the size of Leeds or a couple of Plymouths. Uh, We have net migration running at an all-high time, all-time high, uh, something like 740,000. And so the liberal left, the pro-Brussels elite, is using the moment to hammer the very idea of leaving the EU. And yet it was under Boris Johnson's watch that the boat started turning up uh, in March 2020 when the COVID pandemic hit us. Um, I, I find the fact that he has the gall to go out uh, and publish such an article uh, in, daily, in the Daily Mail um, 
uh, uh, disgusting. Uh, and uh, Boris Johnson has so much to answer for. And maybe, just maybe in the conversation that I'm going to have uh, with Dick Denimpol, who's going to be joining me any second now, um, we can discuss uh, exactly uh, the failures of Boris Johnson and his uh, uh, prime ministerial uh, uh, tenancy, which didn't actually last that long. He didn't even make it all the way until the end. Okay, uh, if you want to catch up on any of your favourite TNT radio shows or interviews, you can go onto the tntradio.live website. We put all of our previous previous uh, audio clips on there. That is now going to be podcasts with video. You'll be able to find that on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Popping, iHeart, and TuneIn, and now also on Rumble, YouTube, and Odyssey. Uh, uh, and I suspect there's going to be loads of clips flying around uh, taken from our video podcasts uh, on Twitter. So you can also go and uh, follow TNT Radio on the Twitter. Yeah, it's, or X. It's X. Get it right down. It's X. But whatever you do, there's no reason ever to miss out on anything here on TNT Radio. Uh, Dick, uh, how are you, my friend? Uh, thanks very much for, for coming to join us. Uh, please tell the audience who you are and what you are all about before we get into the meat of our conversation. Okay. Uh, hi, Darren. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me on. Um, I am Dick Dellingpole. I live in Worcester. I'm a graphic designer. Um, that's the boring bit. The fun bit, I suppose, is that I've got a semi-famous brother. Otherwise, no one would have heard of me. So I'm the brother of James Dellingpole, the uh, I suppose you'd have to call him an ex-journalist because that that tit the title journalist has uh, got terrible connotations at the moment. Who'd wa who'd want to claim to be a journalist right now? Anyway, I got called that the brother. other day, mate. I was deeply um, deeply offended. <laughs> it, block it's, that not, <laughs> it's not the thing you want to be labelled as, is it? Um, I the the groups that you were baffled by that I run. Um, I, I am indeed a libertarian. I still call myself one, despite the fact that um, it's not the cool thing to be called right now. Uh, the label libertarian is a little bit um, contentious because a real libertarian doesn't like being labeled as anything at all. So that's why no one ever describes himself as such. But it's a it, it's a catch all. Um, I run two groups. I started a uh, because I, I love Twitter so much. Mm -hmm. I thought, how good would it be? to do Twitter in a pub and actually, you know, invite your friends that you get on with so well online and see how it goes down in the pub. So I started this group that was called third Wednesday and it, it initially was just my Twitter mates in a pub and it worked really well. Then the fake pandemic hit um, and people, it just galvanized into something else. It, it became the skeptics meetup and um, I rolled it out nationwide. And now there's about, I think it's about 40 different venues up and down the country that meet on the third Wednesday of every month in various pubs across, across the country. And, um, we just, just talk conspiracy nonsense. We talk about, uh, uh, how unvaxxed we all are, um, how our vaccinated friends are doing those that are still with us, uh, that <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but basically it's a sort of, uh, meetup where you can go in and you don't have to, um, pussyfoot around the big topics you don't have to uh be careful what you say because you know that everyone's on side so it's it's a great fun event i look forward to my my wednesdays tremendously and then the thursday one 
kind of a Christian version of the same sort of thing. Um, when I got deep into the whole God thing recently, I realized not everyone was on board with it. I didn't want to scare the horses by trying to make out that Third Wednesday was a Christian group. So I started another one and that meets on a on a Thursday. And that works really well as well. We're, we're a bunch of skeptics who don't like the church as such, can't stand the Archbishop of Canterbury or the Pope. But mm -hmm. uh, we do like the whole Jesus thing. And so we meet in a pub, we have a beer or two, and we talk about our beliefs, and it, it really works. So that's that's me. That's why I'm much more into talking about what I do outside of work than I am about my boring day job. As a graphic designer. Um, yeah, I'm, bored, I'm bored even mentioning the word graphic designer, honestly. It's so normy, <laughs> but, you know, I, I've got to put a roof over my head. That's uh, right. I was a, I was once a science teacher and uh, a nuclear procurement expert. They, they were my uh, my past oh, my life word. before I ended up here uh, on TNT Radio. Uh, do you have um, uh, what did you call it? Is it Wednesday Circle? Is there a third Wednesday in Plymouth? Uh, I I'd have to look at the map, um, but there's a there's a map at it's libertariandrinks.com, and there's a map with lots of dots on it, and what happens is someone wants to start one locally to them um i say well look if you find a pub stick a i'll stick a dot on the map and i'll tweet about it because i've got uh you know quite, quite a decent twitter reach um, um that's how all these groups have started up um i just tell people to make sure they look out for others turning up like a gadsden flag or something like that you know so some sort of sign to say loonies over here and uh that that's how it works it's very um kind of franchised out i don't interfere with any of these groups i don't try to micromanage them i just let them do their thing some of them fall on their face and fail but others are, are, are thriving yeah i will have to i'll have to share some pub names i mean i don't drink myself uh but i'm actually looking for an excuse to just at least have a reason to go and sit in a pub uh and have a bit of a social life and actually that sounds like a, a perfect opportunity so maybe i'll send you some pub well it's names. a bit like the stand in the park movement which i think uh -huh. is a fantastic movement and they're, they're very much uh sort of like um uh sister um setup but uh they're standing in a park and i'm sitting in a pub so it's it's the same yeah. sort of people I'll, uh, I'll have to get hold of the stand in the park lot then and, and see if they all want to go down to the pub and rather than standing in the bandstand on a Sunday at 10 o'clock while it's pissing down with rain outside because it's not it's not the sort of weather where you want to be standing in the park so uh, works better in the summer <laughs> yeah okay um you, you are the brother of James Denimpong you have mentioned that you have um you have some religious views you align with the teachings of Jesus I've just I'm just inferring that from what you you have just yep, said correct. one of the thing one of the things that you wanted to talk about uh was uh the spat uh between david ike and your brother after a recent podcast now i don't know too much about this and i haven't looked into it before coming in uh to, to, to talk to you i'm aware that there are an issue with new age thinking and christian thinking is that is that right what, what i think that's probably a fair this? uh summing up of it uh we the, the Dellingpole family are big fa uh, fans of the Ike family. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're effectively all on the same side. But th this um, meetup between the two, ha having a podcast, a live podcast together, which is what it was, live from Manchester. Um, actually, I, it, 
it was recorded but it was a live show so it didn't go out live i think he's putting it out soon um it was only ever going to end in a disagreement because you've got two people who have got very different worldviews, despite being uh, what, for want of a better expression, wide awake and rebels. So mm -hmm. um, David Icke has uh, a, a very nailed down theory on everything is an illusion. E everything mm -hmm. is all about vibrations. Um, yeah. uh, what a lot of people call completely crazy. I, I think it's far from crazy. Um, I think James holds the same belief, but um, if you've got Christian beliefs, there there are a point where you're going to have to say it's Ike or Jesus, you know, in 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 what you're believing in, and it was only ever going to end in disagreement. So um, to say that it was some sort of trap for David Ike would be completely incorrect. It wasn't ever set up to try and catch the man out. It was a case of this guy is one of the all time great figures in the skeptical movement. Um, what would what would be more fascinating than hear what he had to say with my brother? Um, unfortunately, it, it, it came across as more of a fight than it needed to have done. Mm. Um, I, I was there at the do i, I didn't mm -hmm. catch all of it myself because i was uh running a merch table in the in the sort of hallway next to the next to the, the main hall so i didn't catch all of it but i just got i got some bad vibe from it and actually it's a great shame yeah, i mean it's, it's it's interesting that you brought this up as something that you wanted to talk about briefly because uh, well it's been much talked about now at the moment anyway yep. uh, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a big topic in twitter it's a big topic uh, among ike and dellingpole fans and there mm -hmm. is an overlap between those and I, I, I just thought it was relevant and topical but mm -hmm. uh I, I have no um particular horse in this race uh, in as much as i would always back up my brother but uh you know that there is no ill will uh that that's mm -hmm. that's all i really wanted to say yeah, I mean, but it, but it's not just say. I mean, previous guests have said, "Oh, I want to talk about how." And Gareth Ike was one of them, actually. Funny enough, oh, um, I, I want to talk about uh, how uh, the freedom movement, this sort of uh, collection of all different sorts of people in groups who are all were pushing in the same direction, opposing vaccine mandates or climate change and 15 minutes, whatever it might be. Uh, but in recent times, and we've seen it with Israel and Gaza in particular, I find that this, this sort of, um, it's not homogenous. It's a heterogeneous group that we're all pushing in the same direction and now fractioning off. And uh, we've got, you know, some that are religious, some that aren't religious with regards to, you know, Ike and Denimpole. We've got others that uh, support Israel and others that are supporting Palestine. Are we seeing our movement, if you want to call it that, being divided up at the moment? Absolutely, we are, um, unfortunately. And, um, uh, you'd, you'd have to ask whether that's what the powers that be wanted to happen. Uh, of, of course, it's in their interest that we are divided and weaker. But look at our old lefty friends. I mean, a lot of people in our in our movement are former left wingers. Yeah. Um, some of them can still consider themselves to be uh -huh. so. But um, uh, you, you leave um, half a dozen lefties in a room for half an hour. They're killing each other. They're, they're, uh -huh. they've, they've got the same problem. They they. You know, uh -huh. they have their own disagreements and uh, the, the, their own sticking points. They're splitting terribly over whether to support Israel or, or the Palestinians. But those of us in, in who have stayed true to the freedom movement know that actually that thing is, uh, it's not a, a, a binary choice, is it? It's not 
do you support Israel or do you support Palestine? The thing is murky as hell. It's mm. sort of um, you have to ask yourself how much was Israel involved in that attack in the first place? Why did it take seven hours to respond? Um, so many unanswered questions. And meanwhile, everyone's saying, well, you've got to take a side. Which one are you? Yeah. And I'm saying, look, that the whole thing is wrong. Um, you know, bombing kids because other kids have been murdered. It, it's not as simple as that. Um, so getting bogged down in that is really just a massive distraction. And we should have learned our lesson from the Ukraine thing, because that's a psyop if ever there was one. And a lot of people who were wise to the vax and didn't take that and knew that COVID was a massive con fell straight into the Ukraine thing. And, you know, flags up on their bios and uh, Slava Ukraini and go uh -huh. Zelensky. And honestly, it, it was sad how many we lost on that one to then mm -hmm. lose even more over the over the mm -hmm. Gaza thing is, is tragic, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's worrying. It just shows how easy it is uh, to click the fingers and go, oh, look into my eyes, look into my yeah. eyes, and for people to just automatically be caught in the headlights uh, and off onto one of the government psyops. And we might touch on this again at the end of our conversation. We're going to a quick break now, Dick. Uh, and when we come back, I want to talk about Javier Millet. Gert Wilders, uh, the rise of the far right, uh, the terrorist incident that we saw in, in Ireland. Did it happen? It, or didn't it happen? You know, there's those questions. Uh, and then the subsequent scenes that we saw in Dublin, uh, which were regarded as the most violent scenes ever been seen uh, in Ireland, uh, and then been backed up immediately with uh, proposals for new hate speech and hate laws uh, in Ireland. So we're going to be talking about that here after this break on TNT Radio. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I, I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal, but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government that stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. 
you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. You're here with me, Didi Denslow, on a, a Sunday and video live uh, edition of, of Digging Deeper. Uh, and I'm here for the next 35 minutes to talk with my friend uh, Dick Dellenpole. Uh, and there's lots of complimentary com comments coming in uh, on the live chat for the conversation that we just had. And big shout out to everybody in the live chat. I'm just going to start with a quick story, Dick. Uh, it's uh, It's been a week in which the media must have been absolutely uh, I'll try and choose some nice words here creaming themselves uh, over recent election results and the response of the public um, uh, the election victory for anti migration Gert Wilders and his Eurosceptic supporters has left Holland deeply divided uh, Wilders known as the Dutch Trump is now trying to form a coalition government and clamp down on immigration Wilders has previously said he wants to ban mosques and Islamic schools that's not very freedom of speech of him to be fair uh, in Amsterdam the largest city in Holland with a population of more than 1 million with diverse communities coming from 176 different original nationalities it has concerned uh, concern on some quarters what do you think about Gert Wilders election in particular but just a day two days before that uh, we had this um, very excitable character from Argentina, uh, Javier uh, Millet, also win an election. He's described as a right-wing libertarian. I don't know what a right-wing libertarian is. I don't know what a left-wing libertarian is. Maybe you can tell me as a libertarian, uh, Dick. But what do you think about these recent uh, election results? Well, recent? In the last week. 
Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's great if only for watching the the tears of the opposition and, and they're they're doing they're they're performing that meme of the little girl kicking and screaming, lying on the floor, having a tantrum. You know the one. Uh-huh. Um, they're they're in complete meltdown, of course, and um, you don't need to describe them as right wing or left wing libertarians. They are far right, aren't they? There is only mm-hmm. one type of opposition, and that's far yeah. right. Uh, if you're vaguely to the right uh, of anyone in parliament you are far right it's always been the way and the the the, the tag has lost its sting really hasn't it it it, mm-hmm. it means no more than being called a racist it's just so often deployed that it's utterly meaningless so these so-called far right guys who have been elected i don't know how, how you feel about elections generally i know y- you've stood um mm-hmm. for for office as have i i i, I stood twice for UKIP as a councillor locally. So you've seen the workings of the electoral system and you know that it really doesn't favour those of us uh, of a libertarian leaning. So I'm amazed that these guys even got in, but I'd be even more amazed if they managed to get any of their policies uh, even onto the table because they the odds are stacked against them. They mean that they are just single individuals with vision. Uh, a vision uh, by and large i'm aligned with but um yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if your argentinian guy got offed i don't see him lasting particularly long it, it, you know that the system doesn't want people like that it doesn't want rebels there might be a terrible accident or there might be a scandal something but they're going to do everything they can to take him out um mm-hmm. And then I would also ask about his um, World Economic Forum links. He's been uh, seen with a lot of WF um, uh, logos around him. I don't know how far embedded into that uh, evil organization that he, he was or whether it was just a guest thing or whether he's yet another one of their plants. So that will be interesting. I know he's... Um, He's gone through saying he's going to wipe out several useless departments uh, in the government. Yeah, well, good luck with that. But it never actually happens once they get in, does it? it no. Even our own pathetic right wing government you know, that doesn't even deserve the name vaguely right. Um, they're Blairites, all of them. They were talking uh, about. Remember the bonfire of the Quangos that Cameron uh, promised? Yeah. And I think they ended up with Lord more Quangos than they started Lord with. Hmm? He's Lord or, or Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what, so, what did I say? Not Cameron. You just said Cameron. I'm saying he's Lord Cameron. Make oh, sure you sorry, get Lord sure Cameron. He's, yeah, I he's Lord, Lord Cameron. Cameron. Yes, Lord Cameron. Isn't that preposterous? <laughs> but then again, Lord means nothing now. I mean, the, 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 the people who wind up in the House of Lords, they're just all placemen, aren't they? Who is that? Mm-hmm. That that young woman who who Boris put in place for... He was... She was his PA or something, and now she's been pr- promoted to Lords, and she's a lady something or other. Oh, she's about I, 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 fifteen. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, the youngest, the youngest uh, peer in in the House yeah. of Lords, I believe. Now, I, I I don't know her name. I can't remember. Her I think name she made of... tea or something like that. So it's like obviously that's a, you know a, a, a good reward for that job. But yeah. anyway, cronyism, uh, cronyism, awful, awful state. And and th- th- this is. I'm someone who used to love the House of Lords and and Parliament and the royalty. I was such a traditional, normie, conservative. Um, All of these things, one by one, have fallen. You know, my faith Mm -hmm. in democracy, um, Mm -hmm. my faith in the two-house system, um, 
believing in the royal family at all you know it's my views have done a three not 360 you'd end up pointing the same way 180 yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I i'm exactly the same uh, i'm sure there are many people now who are listening to us um, uh, talk about this who feel exactly the same uh, and for me uh not that i want to go on and talk about the royalty but when the queen died for me that was like the final nail of the death of this Absolutely. country um and that's not me saying oh i love the queen or anything like that just for her just for her image, her image alone was for me a representation of what everything that this country stood for. And when she died, I think England died with her. Um, going back to Javier Millet, he talked about the World Economic Forum. I have actually watched a video of the one of the pictures that was doing the rounds within five minutes of him being elected. Everybody jumped on him saying, oh, he's controlled opposition. Uh, mm -hmm. He's part of the World Economic Forum. I think he got rejected uh, by the World Economic Forum for his anti-Marxist views. But there has to be a question asked for him and for Gert Wilders is how did they win an election in a system uh, in the West in particular, so applying to Gert Wilders, not so much to to, to the, the new president of Argentina, how, how did they win when the system is actually rigged against them? It makes people suspicious. Oh, they have to be controlled opposition. They have to be part of the evil cabal or the, the, the plan that seems to be in place for humanity. Um, do you think that he's a good guy who has just picked up a load of votes from some really, really unhappy people in what was once a very rich country, Argentina, uh, or has he been placed in position? Uh, do our global social engineers uh, have a look at humanity and go, yeah, they're not buying all the woke stuff. Uh, they're not buying all this leftist stuff. We're never going to get our agenda through our depopulation plans, whatever, climate change, whatever it might be. So maybe we'll get some right wing, more authoritarian types, more actual conservative types. We'll call them far right. Uh, but the agenda continues the same nonetheless. Um, what do you think? Do you, which, do you think he's a genuine pick by the public or a plan? Have well, I, I think our... our our lot and by that by our lot i mean the awake the skeptics we've got to be we've got to take this stance about everything we've got to be cynical we've got to look at everything that happens be it uh an attack on civilians by a so-called terrorist be it an election that's too good to be true uh we've got to say is this everything it looks like it is and so the knee-jerk reaction is it's going to be inevitable. You're going to have a, a a reaction that is in line with everyone else. But then you've got to ask, did that ever happen? Who was behind it? Who benefits? And mm -hmm. uh, we're always going on about so-and-so is controlled opposition. My brother gets it all the time. Oh, uh -huh. he, he, he's, a, he's even been accused of being an MI5 plant lately. Uh -huh. um, it's hilarious, really. But you can see where we're coming from. When you've got to question everything, then everyone is a potential... Uh, uh, danger and eventually you're left with well who are the good guys are any of us mm -hmm. good guys mm -hmm. which is why actually when you're face to face and you're in a group with your mates it's the only place to be when mm -hmm. you you trust them you've met them you've spent time with them you've broken bread with them they're the people you trust everyone else has to be suspect but we'll mm -hmm. just have to see how this one plays out we'll have to see mm -hmm. if in time they turn out to be the disappointments that uh, we are thinking they might be I'd love to be pleasantly surprised uh, to, to see them come through and deliver the goods.
because God knows it, it, it needs doing. I um I I couldn't agree with you uh, any more than than I can. But uh, there is an issue with uh, the suspicion that's poured uh, onto almost everybody as controlled up. In fact, there was an article and I've mentioned it before, uh, and I wish it I wish it was true. In which I, when I stood in my first local election in 2021 on vaccine mandates and masks in school and stuff, I, I apparently was uh, on the Rothschilds payroll. That's what was going around on social media, and uh, and, and it does get a bit. Rid- ridiculous when everybody is controlled up uh it's sort of an indication of the complete loss of trust that everybody has had with each other and Mm -hmm. to all of the people uh, in power can i ever be my brother used to get a lot of this back when i mean he made a name for himself initially as the guy who exposed the climate gate scandal and we're talking like tens of years ago a lot of 15 years ago or so and he exposed the whole climate scam for what it was and that's still rolling on now but he would frequently be accused of being in the pay of big oil now um the the other side can't believe that someone would just stand up for truth and justice uh off their own dollar they have to be funded by someone Uh they can't believe that someone would just come out and uh, Mm -hmm. and say all these terrible things about wind farms and solar farms and uh and the whole green movement they must be in the pay of someone so you know we've got to be careful about making that mistake that you know we we assume that all our enemies are in the pay of, of something nefarious and um in some cases it's no doubt true but it's not Mm -hmm. always going to be true and there's a lot of competing factions who probably have no sort of good intentions for humanity. People talk about Elon Musk. Uh, they talk about, you know, the World Economic Forum. Oh, they're all in it together. Actually, I think they're all competing with each other in an echelon way above us. Uh, and, and they want to win. Elon Musk wants to be the most powerful man. The World Economic Forum wants to be the most powerful group and so on. Uh, and I think that we miss that, that they are actually, there's fighting going on uh, way uh, above our pay scales this is the problem it, it, it's it's the people whose names we don't even know that we need to be worried about the most yeah. you know the uh and the untouchable organizations like vanguard and black rock yeah. the, the, the the you'll never really get face to face with the people pulling the strings of the people pulling the strings it, it's um and if like me you you're on board with the christianity thing you trace it back to the bad guy at the very top you know it's sort mm-hmm. of um uh, it, it makes life a little bit easier when you see things in terms of good and evil. Mm. And uh, when you're on the good side, one of the main things is you don't need to lie. You can be honest about everything. You haven't got to constantly mm-hmm. be tripped up by remembering mm-hmm. what lie you've told, which mm-hmm. is what you find politicians doing all the time. They never mm-hmm. know their view on anything uh, until they're told what their view on that thing is. And you can easily wrong foot them in interviews by asking mm-hmm. them about something and they cannot answer the question. But our lot, we can just say what's right and what's honest and what's truthful. Uh-huh. And it is a definite divide of good versus evil that's going it's on so in clear. the world. It's very, very clear cut. Uh, uh, talking of uh, politicians who have made statements that they might have to live up to then is Gert Wilders. Just going to focus on him just just quickly. Uh, he has said he in the past he wants to ban Islam. Uh, he wants to ban the Quran. I think he's rolled back on that uh, since the election saying, well, that actually that wouldn't be very freedom of speech with me. And I agree. You can't ban either. Well, as much as you dislike the Quran or Islam, you can't really ban them. Um, 
do you what's going to happen with regards to some of his uh overtures with regards to immig- immigration is he going to try and carry out or go ahead with i don't know the mass expulsion of people who are have no right to be in the netherlands or will he be stopped or could he be part of the cabal and has no intention ever of stopping it? And you're going to see what happened here in the UK when Boris got in charge and have a massive uh, increased influx of immigration into Holland. What's going to happen? Or is he going to send them all to the UK? Or, or Rwanda. I mean, Rwanda. They, they must have their own version of Rwanda. How crazy. I know it's not quite answering your question, but no, how that's crazy right, was the Rwanda scheme? I mean, People- it's like... I know what we'll do. We'll send them to Rwanda because it sounds far away. Nobody really knows where it is. And it's almost like a sort of um, a disappearing act. We can just send them off into the ether. Um, And then it's sort of like, well, it turns out we can't get rid of our illegal immigrants because we can't send them to Rwanda. So you make up a ridiculous solution. Turns out that solution isn't possible. So you can't you can't deport anyone. Oh, what a pity. So it might be something like that. They might go through the motions of trying to start some form of deportation. And then it will be, well, they, they've still got the um, European Court of Human Rights to answer to, haven't they? So they're going to mm. come up against that very shortly. Um, the, uh, we, we could do it Yeah, well, whether or not Gert Wilders has the true intention to, to, to go through with this, he's up against everyone else in the Dutch parliament. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, they won't let him do it, uh, even if he wanted to. And then you're up against all the, 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 the as I say, the um, European Court of Human Rights and beyond. You know, the UN will probably step in. The UN's another awful organisation. I, I, mm. I'd be favouring a movement for UNEXIT, you know, getting getting the hell out of the United Nations. Uh, I think uh, a lot of our problems stem from that. But all these overarching um entities like the eu like the un wef uh what's the other one world health organization yeah i'd want out of all of those that they're, they're all absolutely riddled with wrongs and none of them have been elected by the british or any of the or anyone a, anyone. Like our, a, a bit like our pm yeah, but like RPM, yeah. Uh, and Lord Cameron, because he was never elected until well, not recently. Uh, and he's yeah. all of a sudden a lord in charge of uh, UK foreign policy. But, you know, uh, and he's got a, he's got some birds who's good at making coffee. She's also now a lord or a lordess. Uh, so uh, all good here uh, in Blighty. OK, we're going to a break now, uh, Dick. And then when we come back, uh, I want to touch on uh, just what we've seen in Ireland this week. And then we'll go back to the division in the freedom movement, why people are so easily hit and picked off uh, as uh, uh, the freedom movement is divided into lots of more easily uh, chewable uh, parts. So please stay right with us here on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The biggest weather news is what is about to happen in Europe. I saw another one of those pictures of Greta Thunberg protesting today. I guess today is like week 300 or something of the climate strike where kids are allowed to be truant and, uh, you know, to protest climate. But she was all bundled up and I was like, well, wait a minute, looks awfully cold over there. And uh, were there fossil fuels used in the making of those clothes that you have on? But I want to get serious about this. The fact that we are getting such a cold blast 
that is coming in. And this was telegraphed with those big storms. And the reason you see what's going on in the weather today is because all the weathermen start screaming and yelling about climate change instead of understanding the same thing happened in 2009 and they went into the deep freeze over there. But it's a serious situation. You know why? Well, first of all, the implications of that is that the United States is going to get very cold. Now, it's cold right now, but I'm talking about what could be really cold weather, severe cold, in the month of January. Because there's probably going to be a lot of snow in the United States during the month of December, especially after the 20th. So what we saw in 2009, 2010 was Europe got it in 2009 in December. And then the U.S. had their famous snowmageddon. And that occurred later in January and February. It'd be a little bit earlier this year, probably, looking at the overall pattern. But think about this. You're going to get that grid in Europe tested now. And especially Germany. Germany looks like ground zero for the worst weather. The most snow, it's going to be a little bit colder relative to averages up where Greta lives. But Germany is going to be in bad shape here the next 10 to 20 days. But again, then you have to worry about the rest of the winter. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to have some things push come to shove, so to speak, coming up here over the next couple of weeks. And in fact, the next couple of months, because unlike last winter, I don't think this is backing off this year. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bustardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe. From power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires. Knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov air sensor toolbox. D.D. Denslow is digging deeper on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. Uh, you're here with me and with uh, Dick Denampole for the next 15 minutes. Big shout out to everybody in the live chat. Keep your comments coming in, especially the positive ones. We like them. Uh, excellent interview, Dee Dee Denslow and Dick. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, there are also comments suggesting that Gert Wilders uh, and Javier Millet may not be uh, exactly who we think they are and that they are part of the overall plan of the cabal uh, against humanity. And they might be. We don't actually know. As people who are, in my case, I'm a bloke who sits in a room in the middle of Plymouth, uh, we, they are so far removed from us, the, the Javier Millets, uh, the Elon Musk, the Gert wilders that we don't really really know or understand exactly uh, what their motives are we just have to wait and see um dick island uh quick uh, little excerpt from a, an article that i found this morning uh, historically the republic republic of ireland has been largely free of fight uh, of right-wing uh, ideology but racism is on the rise the scenes in dublin on thursday night shocked the nation wanton violence arson and looting on the streets of the capital is almost as alien as the fascist rhetoric emanating from the instigators it's clear many of those involved were simply an antisocial element engaged in what is known as recreational rioting. However, the bigots will manipulate these disenfranchised youths and claim their nihilistic violence is anger directed at the government's immigration policy. Um, 
were the scenes, let's just assume that they were gen. it was a genuine, organic response to uh, an illegal immigrant escaping his four-star hotel and stabbing a load of children at a school and, and women. Do you think there was a genuine, organic response? And was that response justified to the uh, terrorist incident? Well, I'm at a slight disadvantage here because I don't watch the news. I don't read a newspaper. I don't watch any mainstream TV. So the stuff I pick up on has already been filtered through Twitter and mm. other online sources. So I'm more likely to get the conspiracy theory before I get the news. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing because actually um whatever you read that news report from that has got to be bbc or guardian hasn't it that is such a such an anti-right spin that it's you can tell already you were never getting the news in the first place mm -hmm. so um it, it's sort of like anything um vaguely a, a response against uh illegal immigrants it, it, it's going to be painted as far right they're going to be seen as agitators they're going to be seen as just lads being led astray by the wrong element it's never no. that when it's a black lives matter demonstration no, or when, no, it, when no. it's a extinction rebellion thing there's no uh -huh. sort of bad element there leading them astray mm -hmm. is there um no. in fact you know it's dancing police and uh can we get you a cup of tea dear type of thing for their mm -hmm. demos but um i think if this uh attack is as has been has been stated you are going to get a genuine reaction from irish people who by and large have had enough and uh this isn't the first incident of um illegal immigrants going nuts and uh raping or murdering or stabbing they they've had so much of it and a lot of it barely makes the news th these days mm -hmm. so um there's going to be a build-up of very angry irish people and they are not used to this. They, the, the reports said they're not used to this level of violence. Well, they're not used to that level of immigration from anyone. I mean, for years, it's been uh, Ireland for the Irish, but just because no one particularly moved there, not in such large numbers. You move any other race to a place like Ireland, it, it's going to happen. It, it's going to cause an imbalance that is going to lead to anger. So it, it's not necessarily an anti-Muslim thing, this, or anything like that. No. It's a case of mixing two very different races and, you know, like putting red ants and black ants in a jar and shaking the jar and watching yeah. it go. That That's yeah. all that's happening as far as I can see. And whenever one uh, more aggressive species, and I don't want to call humans different species, but if you get uh, a load of gray squirrels and you bring them in and put them in amongst the population of red squirrels, the more aggressive gray squirrels kill off the red squirrels. And we have, have actually seen that happen here uh, in the UK using a squirrel analogy, use the ant analogy. But the media are playing an absolute blinder because on one hand, they're saying, oh, look, all these poor Palestinian kids are getting bombed. Uh, and that's, Correct. You know, what's happening in, in Gaza is absolutely awful. There seems to be a lot of support in the media for the Palestinian anti-war protests, which I think they are 
predominantly. There may be some uh, uh, Hamas supporters uh, and uh, 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 terrorist supporters amongst those groups. So you've got the BBC in particular, we'll use them as the example, pushing that narrative. And then at the same time, when there is a response to say, I don't know, an Algerian uh, immigrant stabbing uh, some young people, uh, it's far right, far right, whilst making no mention of the incident that led to, in this case, uh, the Irish public getting out on the streets. The media are playing an absolute blinder in dividing everyone up at the moment. Um, Will this continue, one? And two, could we see um, uh, not just more terrorist incidents, I think that's a given, considering the number of people that are coming in to our countries here in the West, but the response from the indigenous population, the white Brits, the Irish, uh, getting out into the streets and seeing more acts of rioting uh, and violence like we saw in Dublin uh, earlier, uh, later on in the week here on Thursday, Dick. Well, you know, the moment they do, there'll be someone in the media will come up with a flag with a swastika on or something like that. Mm -hmm. They'll make sure they photograph a little bit of violence and they'll get this flag in the foreground. Um, the guys carrying the swastika will have masks on and they'll probably go back to their job in the government after. Uh, they're probably Secret Service. They're there to agitate. They're there to make the whole thing look bad. We've seen it time and again in America. Uh, you know, a bunch of people come in with dodgy flags and um, do a bit of saluting, disappear off. And it's suddenly, well, look, this is the right wing extremist problem we've been telling you about. It's definitely a thing. It, it is real. Honestly, look, look, they've even got a Nazi flag. It, it, it's clown world. And uh, unfortunately, some of the, the public will fall for it. They'll say, look, we know the far right extremists are out there. We've seen pictures of them with their flags. It's, it's just a joke um so uh they'll do everything they can to make right-wing extremism look like the problem that it simply isn't so <laughs> ordinary people going out and demonstrating that there, there you have them that that'll be your uh, your new enemy and uh unfortunately some of them will be kind of larry football lads who'll get boozed up beforehand some may be the genuine article but there'll always be a few agitators in there who have been placed by uh, mm -hmm. uh nefarious wings of the government let's say mm -hmm. to agitate and push in the right direction just like we saw in the um in america for the the, the white house at the, the the congress um invasion thing what was it june the, of the january 6th january 6th that's the one yeah. insurrection um, yeah and they've all they've identified the figures with you know within cia fbi whatever it was who were there agitating making these things happen that yes they know this sort of thing works they know they can take down a whole movement by infiltrating and um pushing all the right buttons that, that mean that they're generally pushing at an open door with all that but a lot of us aren't they mm -hmm. so yeah it, it, it'll happen and it, it'll be made to look like something it isn't. And yeah, I've just seen uh, this is from uh, Heather in the live chat. Uh, and there's lots of positive comments coming in at the moment. That, but she said they want 
uh, digital ID. And we've seen some older articles from everyone's favorite uh, war criminal, Tony Blair, uh, going around saying immigration. And we know how to solve immigration, not stop the boats, not protect our borders, uh, but digital identification. Do you think ultimately all these narratives are converging on that one particular uh, premise or desirable that the global elites want? Do they seriously want us to believe that digital ID will stop someone getting into a dinghy in France, landing on a beach in England and then being put up in a four star hotel? Where does the digital ID come into that that would stop that happening? So it's the whole thing about these people is they are illegal immigrants that they haven't come on flights with visas and overstayed their that they're welcome. They are completely illegal they've conveniently lost their passports on the way over so you don't know whether they're from iran or syria or afghanistan um it's um the, the digital id being the the answer who's fooled by that and leo varadkar in um in ireland his solution to immigrants going on stabbing sprees was to um, silence the opposition, isn't it? To make yeah. to, to make hate crime even more of a crime. Um, so it, it's kind of the wrong solution to the wrong problem that was probably caused by them in the first place. So it's yeah. a joke. It's clown world. But uh, as I say, there will be those who will fall for it. The inevitability of digital ID, I, I'm afraid it's like... Um, uh, central bank digital currency as well there's not much you and i can do about stopping it. It, it it's inevitable the best we can do is wake people up to how evil it is mm -hmm. yeah I, I i agree uh and if if it wasn't for all these you know if it wasn't for covid and climate change and all these other false narratives that are blatantly untrue and obviously untrue uh just with a little bit of scratching if I, if you had taken me back and asked, you know, D.D. Denzelo in 2010 about digital ID, I probably wouldn't have had too much of a problem with it. And digital currency, well, like you said, I'll go, well, that's inevitable, isn't it? Because that's the course that our society and technology is on. And maybe there are many laymans who sit at six o'clock and watch the BBC News with their tea before EastEnders comes on, who think exactly the same now. Um, do you think it's wearing thin? Do you think, do you think that the public are gradually, uh, and I'm talking about the layman's, not those like skeptics like me and you are gradually, even though they're staying silent, waking up to the various agendas that are before them. And immigration is a particular problem that's now visible in every major town and city in the UK. Are people waking up? I think they are, um, very slowly. But uh, I think you can gauge things like that from, for instance, how low the jab take up is this winter. Uh, we're getting stories of stockpiles of, uh, of the poison uh, building up in, in health centers and what have you, because people simply aren't stepping forward to it. Now, these aren't your obvious anti-vaxxers. They're people who have heard enough of our rantings and are thinking just of being a little bit more circumspect about it. So, yeah, they're waking up ever so slightly. They're at least being aware of the issues from facts to immigration to um, CBDCs. Uh, I think ultimately we, we do win, but it's going to be a long, slow slog. And it, it might involve having to go down these routes before we overturn them. 
Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I think, and I think the desperation and the, the extreme nature of inversion and propaganda and false narratives being pushed upon us from every single angle in the, in the mainstream media is a show of the desperation and the, the, the urgency that whoever's coming up with these ideas and these storylines must have because they realize that the public uh, are slowly waking up. And I think uh, that, you know, we have to take that as a positive. And it's also a reflection uh, on people like me and you and all the informed listeners of TNT and all the staff at TNT Radio. It's a, it's, um, it's a good indictment uh, of our efforts, isn't it? It is, yes. It, it, it makes you realise we're, we're not just banging our heads against a brick wall. It, 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 as I say, we know we win in the end, but uh, God, it's a hard, long, hard slog. It's uh, certainly been a long, hard slog. Uh, and 2030 is, what, still sort of five, six years away. So I think we've got a lot of hard work to do uh, to, to maintain our momentum. Dick, uh, there were so many questions I wanted to ask you. I want to ask you about all your reenactment stuff, but we've run we'll out of time. Again sometime. Yeah, I'll definitely be inviting you back. Uh, uh, final, final comments, anything positive for the audience before I sign off? Oh God! Now you've <laughs> now you're asking. I always do it, mate. Just I always do keep it. fighting, keep happy, keep meeting each other in real life. That's where that's where the good stuff happens. Brilliant. And go uh, to Dick, Third Wednesday. And go to Third Wednesday and have a drink. Have a drink for Darren because I can't have one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure you tune yeah, in everyone. and spread the word about TNT Radio. <laughs>